now call this meeting to order. Uh, we'll have roll call. Uh, Swigard Here. Krishillis? Here. Carlson? Here. Russo? Here. Parker? <clears throat> the Board of Adjustment is a quasi-judicial body created by the City of Iowa City according to state statutes. The Board's purpose is to decide on applications for variances from the zoning ordinance, appeals of decisions of city officials, and applications for special exceptions requested under the zoning ordinance. The Board of Adjustment is an independent volunteer board made up of Iowa City residents and is not part of the city administration. We are assisted in our work by the city attorney's office and by planning staff. Prior to this meeting, board members received the materials submitted by the applicants, the staff reports reviewing the application, and any correspondence submitted by members of the public. Board members have not discussed the application or its merits with each other, staff, the applicant, or any other member of the public in advance of this meeting. All consideration and discussion by the board takes place in open meeting here tonight, where we also have an opportunity to hear from the public. The board bases its decisions on facts and evidence allowed by city code <coughs> presented in open meeting. Concise and truthful testimony helps us a great deal in our decision making. We ask that if you wish to speak, you come to the podium, print your name and address on the sign-in sheet, and speak clearly into the microphone so that your testimony can be heard by all present and by our minute taker as all testimony becomes part of the public record. We ask that the proceedings be orderly and that when you are testifying, you address your remarks to the board. If this hearing becomes lengthy, we may ask the testimony, that testimony be focused on new facts or on information not already presented. The order of proceedings for each application will be an oral report by staff summarizing the issues of the case and staff's recommendations, an opportunity for the applicant to speak, an opportunity for any other interested parties to speak for or against the application, an opportunity for final statements and arguments by the applicant and staff. The board will discuss the issues and evidence, state its findings, and vote on a motion. Motions are always made in the affirmative. And now we will entertain special exception item EXC 22-0008, an application submitted by Connor Molenbeek of Day Drink Coffee to reduce the minimum parking requirement of a historic property by 100% at 518 Bowery Street. And now for the staff report. Thank you. And we can open the public hearing. Open the public hearing. Perfect. So we are talking about uh, an application at 518 Bowery Street to reduce uh, the minimum parking requirement of a historic property by uh, 100%. It'd be to allow day drink coffee uh, to occupy the space. So here is an aerial of the... Here's an aerial. You can see the site. Uh, it's a very small site, but it's a small building that is historic and has been used historically for commercial uses and surrounded largely by uh, multifamily uses. It includes some non-conforming single-family homes as well. You can see that there's alley access directly east of the property. Uh, in terms of zoning, it is completely surrounded by uh, high-density multifamily residential or RM44 zoning. 
however, this project or this property itself is actually neighborhood commercial with a historic district overlay uh, that was rezoned recently, uh, which I'll discuss uh, in the background section. Uh, in terms of what it looks like, uh, hopefully you can see that. Does this pop up for you as well? Do you see that? Okay. I think I can move that so you should be able to see the whole thing now. Uh, as I said, it's a really narrow lot, 21 feet wide uh, by 70 feet. So it's a pretty small lot overall. Um, there is the existing building that's about 40 feet deep uh, and 18 feet wide. And then there's a paved area behind, uh, which is to the north, uh, accessed off the alley. That's about 18 feet by 23 feet. So it it's an unusual site. It's a tight lot. In terms of the request, again, the, the request is to reduce the parking to allow the use to occupy the space. Uh, in this case, 100% makes sense given that it's a historic property. So it's been historically used as a grocery store uh, since at around the 1850s or 1860s. Uh, since that time, it has consistently been used for non-residential purposes uh, as a legal non-conforming use. However, uh, it was recently vacated uh, for more than a year, which causes it to lose its non-historic use status. Uh, so that prompted the rezoning. Uh, and the property does have other non-conformities as well. And that includes its existing parking, which is two legal non-conforming spaces, but that is not enough to satisfy its five-space minimum parking requirement. Uh, and that five spaces is based on one parking space per 150 square feet of floor area. So in, in terms of the timeline, just to, to touch base on this a little bit too, uh, like I said, it's been consistently used for commercial uses. Uh, there are provisions within the zoning code to allow commercial uses to continue with more flexibility in a historic, uh, if it's a local historic landmark. So it was landmarked in 2012. At the same time, it was granted a special exception to allow sales-oriented retail uses within the space. Uh, it's had... Other applications since then, there was uh, another commercial special exception application in 2013. Uh, there's another one that was granted in 2016 uh, to allow general office and commercial retail. However, again, it was vacated for more than a year, so it's lost the ability to use the, those non-conforming provisions, even for a historic property. And so it was rezoned in 2022 uh, from the RM44 designation to the uh, neighborhood commercial designation and with that historic district overlay intact. So that is really the basis uh, for what this reduction uh, is drawing on. And, and I will say in the 2012 staff report for the special exception, uh, it did mention a parking reduction as well under this same provision. However, it, it's a little unclear as to whether or not it was granted. It wasn't included in the decision. So it's it wasn't strictly there, but it's there's still legal non-conforming uses that can continue to be used uh, for parking because they've continued to exist its entirety. Uh, here's a picture of the structure. The top picture is looking to the north from across the street. So you can see that alley to the east of it, uh, and you can see some residential structures around it. This bottom picture is just a closer up image of the front of the building. Uh, you can see that there is currently not a pedestrian connection from the door to the sidewalk. And then here are some other pictures looking towards the rear. So the top one is looking west. Uh, from the alley, so you can see kind of that paved area behind the building uh, where there are the two legal non-conforming parking spaces. Uh, you can also see how tight that site is. 
Uh, and then the the picture on the bottom is looking south down the alley. So you can see again uh, some some residential properties across the street, and then you can also see the the rear of the building as well. So the role of the board of adjustment is to uh, approve, approve with conditions, or deny the special application, the special exception application based on the facts presented tonight. Uh, whether or not it can be granted is based on if it meets all applicable approval criteria, which includes both specific standards pertaining to this specific waiver, and then also general standards that apply to all special exceptions. So the, the special waiver that we're looking at for tonight's application is at 145A4F7, which is parking reductions for other unique circumstances. Uh, and it kind of has two different circumstances that it looks at. Uh, the one that's being requested is for a historic property, you can request up to 100% reduction uh, if it will reduce the ability to use or occupy a historic property in a manner that will preserve or protect its historic, aesthetic, or cultural attributes. So those are really the, the criteria that we're looking at tonight. In terms of findings, staff's findings for this specific standard, uh, 518 Bowery is a local historic property listed in the uh, National Register of Historic Places, so it is eligible for 100% parking reduction. Um, within the CN1 zone, there are site development standards that apply to development within that zone, uh, and that requires that parking areas be set back 20... <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Need to move more. Uh, that, that parking areas actually be set back 20 feet from any rear or side lot line abutting residential zones. So this is a situation where it's it's a longstanding non, uh, non-conforming space because this lot is 21 feet wide. It obviously abuts historic zones. So there, there are no spaces on this property to have uh, legal conforming spaces that meet all the standards in the code. And it's not just this one. There's also screening standards and other things. Uh, but it is a mathematical impossibility to have parking on this site otherwise that are conforming to the zoning code. Uh, in terms of the two legal non-conforming spaces that are at the rear of the property, uh, they're on a paved area that's approximately 23 by 18 or 24 by 18. Um, staff would recommend a 100% parking reduction with a condition that the two standard size uh, non-conforming spaces be retained behind the building with access off the alley. So a standard parking spies, size is nine feet by 18 feet. They can fit two standard size spaces back there. It just won't meet uh, the other standards required in the zoning code, such as setbacks from residential uses or screening. Um, the, the reason that staff is approaching it from this way rather than reducing it by say three spaces uh, is that different uses have different requirements for the amount of parking that's required. Uh, with this methodology, reducing it by 100 and then requiring those two spaces to be re retained, uh, you can have other uses occupy the site and you don't have to worry about whether or not they meet those parking standards uh, because two spaces would be required regardless and that, that would be the requirement. So that's why this is the approach that's taken rather than reducing it by three spaces, for example, but uh, that's kind of the rationale behind it with the condition that the two spaces remain. Uh, in terms of other findings. Just a second. Yeah. Go back to that slide, that final bullet point. Mm -hmm. That means that um, it, the use changes, changes in any fashion. 
So if it was a use allowed within the zone, then, then essentially it would take whatever it would be. It would wipe that parking requirement and uh, would then add to those two non-conforming spaces to the back. So, so it, so it just requires only two spaces, no matter what's occupying that structure. Right. But those have to be maintained. Correct. With, with the condition that staff recommends. But the requirement or the uh, exception for have, having no parking, 100% parking reduction, that would have to be done redone each time or that would carry over as well? That would carry over with the property. Unless the property is vacant for over a year? If the 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 year vacancy requirement is tied to non-conforming uses, because it was rezoned to neighborhood commercial, it's now a conforming use. So any use that complies with the neighborhood commercial zoning would be allowable within the space, and it would only require two parking spaces with this as recommended. And could you quickly list some of those uses? Sure. If you'll give me a second. Um, it, it's it's the sorts of things that you would expect within a neighborhood commercial center. Some of them are going to be subject to additional requirements, such as size limitations. In this case, it's a historic building that uh, exterior alterations would need approval by the Historic Preservation Commission. But some of the uses allowed within uh, uh, CN1 zone would be uh, group households or multifamily dwellings, but that would only be allowed on the second story. Uh, the, and the layout of this building doesn't really allow that. Um, general or animal related commercial uses are allowed provisionally. Uh, commercial recreation uses are allowed provisionally. Uh, drinking and eating establishments are allowed provisionally or by special exception, depending on the size of the establishment. So for a coffee shop, it would be considered an eating establishment. Um, drinking establishments technically wouldn't be allowed because to be a drinking establishment, you have to be open past midnight and the rezoning that was done in 2022 has a condition that it can't be open past 10 o'clock. So I guess technically they're not established, but it, I mean, they are allowed within the zone. Uh, office uses would be allowed provisionally. Uh, retail uses like personal service uses, sales oriented retail uh, would be allowed provisionally. Daycare facilities allowed provisionally, specialized educational facilities. That's the bulk of them. Some other like utility uses and things like that. And how about alcohol sales? Uh, Alcohol-oriented retail, I believe would be allowed provisionally. Okay, thank you. What you're talking about? Retail sales of alcohol? I mean, like... Retail. Yeah, so alcohol sales oriented retail is the category that, like, that's allowed provisionally. Convenience store. Convenience yeah, yeah. store type thing, yeah. It sells beer and... Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And that would... I could look up those provisional requirements at some point if, if you have more questions about that too. Um, so in terms of... I mean, looking specifically at parking for this, this site, since that's the 
the exception that's being requested. Um, you know, th there are lots of things that deter driving to this specific site for any of these uses. So I, I focus on a coffee shop use, uh, but you can imagine it's any use that's allowed within the zone. Uh, and those are that the building size is very small. Uh, there really aren't opportunities for off-street parking anywhere nearby. Uh, and even on-street parking nearby is relatively limited. Uh, even in surrounding streets where there is uh, on-street parking allowed, it's, it's often occupied or is uh, relatively busy. Um, that being said, the property is in an established high-density neighborhood with good pedestrian and biking access. Uh, so, And it's close to the university and downtown. So it's expected that those high levels of foot traffic would help support the business uh, regardless of the off-street parking. Um, but again, those two off-street spaces would be required with conditions as recommended by staff. So that's the specific criteria that we're looking at. And there's also a set of general criteria that applies to all special exceptions. Uh, there are seven of these, the first of which is that it will not be detrimental to or endanger public health, safety, comfort, or general welfare. So the parking reduction, along with this recent rezoning to CN1, legalizes a longstanding historic building that has had longstanding non-residential uses. Uh, and the parking reduction does encourage alternative forms of transportation to the business, similar to what's been there historically. Uh, again, the property is in an established high-density neighborhood, easy pedestrian access and biking access, and it is close to the university in downtown. Uh, and the property would be required to maintain those two legal non-conforming spaces with conditions as requested by staff. I would also mention, <laughs> not, I would also mention that uh, there is a bus stop right outside as well. So uh, that provides transit access as well. Uh, the second criteria is related to injuring the use or enjoyment of property in the immediate vicinity. So again, building's been used for non-residential purposes since its construction in the mid 1800s uh, and previous non-residential uses were found to be compatible with the neighborhood character as well. Uh, coffee shop is in line with previous uses on the site uh, and those surrounding uses do improve, include homes and apartments. Uh, we don't anticipate that a small scale commercial use in this site will negatively impact those, especially because the recent rezoning has a condition that commercial uses cannot be open to the public between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m., so that should affect noise concerns. Um, the property has also previously received parking reductions through the same provision, so based on those, staff believes that this criteria is met. Uh, third is that it will not impede normal orderly development of surrounding properties. Uh, this site is surrounded by a fully developed neighborhood of residential uses, and it has historically contained non-residential use with limited off-street parking, and that has not impacted any surrounding developments from what staff can ascertain. Uh, and again, this is proposing to legalize a long-standing case, uh, so staff doesn't believe it should have any uh, negative impact on surrounding redevelopment. The fourth criteria is related to adequate utilities, access roads, drainage, or necessary facilities. Again, it's already developed, has all its utilities and roads established. Uh, there's also multiple bus stops on Bowery Street, so that enhances access to the business as well, in addition to it being a walkable site. But staff believes that this criteria is met as a result. The fifth is related to ingress and egress design to minimize congestion on public streets. So in terms of the proposed development, no physical changes are being proposed to the building's sidewalk, alley, or street, other than adding pedestrian access to the front door, which improves access. Uh, in terms of on-street parking nearby, 
Uh, the north side of Bowery is generally prohibited during daytime hours. The south side of Bowery parking is completely prohibited and surrounding neighborhoods is often occupied. Uh, that being said, the portion of the street directly in front of the proposed business on the north side uh, does have a loading zone with a 15 minute time limit. Uh, so there is an opportunity for folks to stop briefly, run in, grab coffee, run out. Um, but uh, that would be allowed under this uh, the, the time limit. So that loading that loading zone in front of the building would that also be so that vendors could load and unload things to the store? Correct. And parking would not be allowed in the alley. Just doesn't want it be. I mean, you you can't park in just a street, for example. So basically, most of their supplies would come through the front door, most likely, or using the parking spots in the back. Um, that being said, most customers are expected to walk or bike to the business rather than drive just due to the limited parking and uh, characteristics of the site and surrounding uses. Uh, the sixth criteria is that uh, it conforms to all other aspects of the zoning code. So this is a little complicated because the building was recently rezoned from high-density multifamily residential uh, to neighborhood commercial, but with, with retaining that historic district overlay, uh, there are numerous legal non-conforming situations that are allowed to continue on the site as a result of that, uh, in addition to just long-standing sites of this being a, a historic building. Um, those are regulated by the non-conforming situation section of our code at 14.4e. So under the previous zoning, there were four types uh, of non-conforming situations, including related to the use, the structure, which is the building layout, uh, the development, which is related to things like parking, for example, and then also the size of the lot was non-conforming. Uh, with the current zoning that was rezoned in 2022, it got rid of the use non-conformities non and got rid of the lot non-conformities, but there are still challenges with the structure in development uh, that will continue. So that includes things like, uh, for the, the fact that it's a non-conforming structure due to setback requirements uh, with it having adjacent residential zones, uh, it remains a non-conforming development due to the site development standards for CN1 zones, such as that parking requirement, uh, not being able to have the setbacks from residential areas, uh, screening, et cetera. Um, but uh, those are allowed to continue under the code. There, there are also provisions within the OHD zone uh, that could make it conforming by bringing it before the Board of Adjustment. Um, but that is not being considered since those those uses are or those nonconformities are allowed to continue as is, uh, unless there's, for example, an expansion. Then that triggers there are things that trigger compliance issues. Expansion is the big one. Um, because it's in a historic district, like I said, exterior changes must be approved by the Historic Preservation Commission. Uh, in terms of the final criteria, which is related to the comprehensive plan of the city as amended, uh, the future land use map of the comprehensive plan does show it as multifamily residential development at 25 dwelling units an acre, and the central district plan shows it as high-density multifamily redevelopment. However, uh, the comprehensive plan does have goals and objectives really related to encouraging sustainable and walkable neighborhoods, uh, especially as it relates to commercial uses that contribute to quality of life within neighborhoods. Uh, it also includes things like retaining and encouraging the growth of existing locally owned businesses uh, and that noting that small and independently owned businesses are integral to Iowa City's brand and sense of identity. 
Uh, it also has standards related to preserving historic resources uh, to give op residents opportunities to live close to where they shop. And then the central district plan also notes that there are several properties uh, within developed neighborhoods that have commercial uses, that are longstanding commercial uses. Uh, and it notes that continuing them in that original type of use, which, which uh, was allowed, uh, creates a focal, focal point for many of these neighborhoods. Uh, the historic preservation plan uh, notes to conserve historic neighborhoods, which reflect their organic development and historic roles and traditions. Uh, and again, due to the subject properties, local landmark status, demolition of the building would only occur if the building is found to be structurally unsound. So exterior changes uh, would not be anticipated on this site. Um, based on these findings, staff does believe uh, or staff does recommend approval of EXC 22-0008 to reduce the required parking uh, by 100% uh, at 518 Bowery Street, subject to one condition, which is to retain two non-conforming parking spaces sized nine feet by 18 feet uh, behind the building with access off the alley. So that is staff's only recommended condition on this. We did receive some one piece of correspondence that supported the proposed exception. Um, but other than that, uh, we haven't we haven't heard any other comments. So with that, I'm happy to answer any questions you may have about the application or code, how it would be structured, what's allowed currently, or what wouldn't be allowed without this, for example. I guess I have one question. Um, in looking at uh, some of the other, some of the drawings that the uh, applicant put submitted in the back it shows that there is an 18 by 23 foot paved area uh, with one 18 by 9 parking space and one 18 by 14 handicap parking space so i'm wondering about the do we need to deal with the handicap issue uh a person is who is handicapped Parking may be more important to them than other people. Uh, do we need to uh, designate one of the spaces as a handicapped space? Uh, but if we do that, then that means there's only one other space back there. So that would be up to your discretion. Um, I believe that the property is too small to actually require handicapped spaces. Um, but if you if it's if we feel like that's an important condition with the criteria as they're before you, then that, that can be your prerogative. Because it's such, since it's just two spaces, will there be lines, you know, drawn designating this is a space and this is a space, or will it just be one large area? That's a great question. So lines would not be required because it's less than four spaces. Um but you could add that to your condition. You could add that as a condition as well, if that's a concern. But if there are no lines, then that would take care of the handicap problem because there would probably be room for someone who is handicapped to be able to park back yeah. there. It just wouldn't be reserved for it. And, and the other, I guess the other point I would say is, you know, as it's currently written, you know, someone could come in and say, okay, I'm going to maintain 18 by 18 feet of pavement, tear out the rest of the pavement which wouldn't assist with handicap accessibility. So 
you know, you could also approach it from the perspective of increasing the size of one of these spaces to be sized like a handicap space, but not be a handicap space. If, if that again is a, is a concern. So as it is right now, they only have to maintain 18 feet in back of space yeah. and then they could do whatever they wanted with the rest of it. Correct. As recommended by staff. Yeah. But we could, could we recommend that they maintain the current paved area or does that? I believe that you could. Um, I don't see why you couldn't. It just needs to be tied to the parking requirements. Parking requirements. Yeah. In other words, we would say that they, the two non-conforming spaces would be bigger than what's on here. That's what I would say is the easiest route. So how much space is back there? Uh, I believe it's 23 feet by 18 feet. So currently you'd be using 18 by 18? Yeah, currently I'm using 18 by 18. I believe it's roughly 23 by 18. So that leaves you five feet. Five additional feet. Why would we obligate that? If for... Well, I think that you may not want to have that discussion yet until you gather more information. That is correct. I have a question. Yeah. Um, since it's anticipated that most people are going to walk or bike, are there any requirements for bicycle parking that are in a CN1 or? So CN1 requires 15% of spaces, I believe, be bicycle parking. Uh, the minimum amount of bicycle parking allowed is four spaces. So they would be required to provide four spaces of bicycle parking. Um, that being said, uh, I don't believe it would be triggered unless they expanded the use. So you could also require that as a condition of, of your special exception as well, because it's a, it could, it can exist as it currently exists essentially. Okay. And these, these uh, things, these things that we make, we, suggest or we pass on this then would transfer to whatever other uh business might occupy it in the future correct so as far as bicycle parking goes since they're being the, the they're asking for 100% reduction then there would work essentially require no no bicycle parking because it's based on that is correct based on the amount of parking that they're required to have that is correct but we could condition we could modify that yep can that parking be in the front there's no room Th there's very limited oh, I mean, space bike, yeah, bicycle. oh yeah i mean my recommendation would be if you're looking at crafting a condition um i would just require it and not specify where necessarily that provides some flexibility though. I think it would pretty much have to be in the back unless they take out some bushes. There is a, there's a certain amount of bicycle parking that can be allowed in front, but it is restricted to a certain amount. And I, I don't know what that is offhand. Any other questions for staff? Are you the applicant? Do you wish to speak? 
Okay. Uh, since there, the applicant does not wish to speak, then we invite public comment and anyone in favor of the application may speak. Seeing no one, invite anyone opposed to the application to speak. Seeing no one. Um, we need to. We need to. Uh, unless you have questions for the applicant. Unless we have questions for the applicant. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Anybody have any questions? I do. Okay. Uh, do you think that the parking will primarily be used by staff? I do. Um, can Can you oh, yeah. please begin the mic just for the uh, sake of record? Uh, recordings. Does he need to sign in? Need yes, to sign please. In. We're forcing you to come to the <laughs> podium. I love when my voice carries. <laughs> awesome. Um, in regards to that question, the current plan is to keep those four staff um, with the intent, if that is not possible, to obviously pivot if need be. But the current intent is to keep those two spaces for staff um, and potentially have the bike parking adjacent to the wall on the backside as well. I will say one thing about our current staff is everybody does live in that neighborhood to an extent. Um, everybody does walk and or bike already to the establishment. Um, a lot of the parking would be dropping off equipment, dropping off supplies, um, loading and unloading and things like that. Were you planning on loading and unloading from the back or from the front or from both? It'll probably be both. I would say people, vendors bringing things in, I'm assuming they'll do the front. Um, when it comes to staff and employees, a lot of the loading will probably be done in the back. Um, it depends if somebody's going to be there for an extended period of time. If it's a quick drop off, I'm assuming staff will also drop off in the front as well, um, but probably a mix of both. So is there no then is there no requirement for handicap handicap parking i do not believe so based on the size of the building i see because if there's two staff members in cars right. obviously there won't be mm -hmm. so you are not planning on doing anything with that paved area in back except using it for parking in one form or another correct yeah, there are no additional plans to do anything to the back currently. Um, the plan is actually to use it as the parking as suggested. Is the upstairs an apartment? I don't believe so. I think at one time it may have been, but we will just be using it for storage. It How does that play like... In? Yeah, so m my understanding of the upstairs is that it has been an apartment. It's been used for storage. Um, if an apartment multifamily use were to occupy the space, it would need to meet the standards for multifamily uses within a CN1 zone. Uh, that does require things like a 14 foot ground floor height and some other things that I don't think would be met. Uh, there are standards to allow reuse of an existing building. Uh, those generally come before the board if you're waiving some of those other standards. So I don't believe that a multifamily use could legally occupy the space. So are you, are you trying to aim your business primarily to the people in the neighborhood? I would say yes, um, just to, I would say the immediate area, 
um, of course, but as much as we can serve the surrounding areas as well. Um, obviously, the way it's structured will serve the immediate area, you know, quite more than outside areas, but the plan as a whole is for the whole city as well. So are you planning on having seating inside or are, is this a thing where you come and get your coffee and leave? There'll be seating inside. I mean, the to-go method is also obviously an option as well, but mainly there will be probably at least 15 to 25 seats on the inside of the building as well. Can they have uh, exterior seating? Uh, it's guided by the the outdoor seating code. They could have some on their property. Right, and they are eligible for a sidewalk cafe. But there's seven feet, I think, between the building and the sidewalk. Uh, any exterior seating would have to be reviewed by a Star Preservation Commission. There were discussions about that originally, but due to the site constraints, I'm not sure if that is continued as a... Is there any requirement to have the entrance sidewalk connect to the other sidewalk? You said it doesn't at the current time. It is not currently. Um, there are standards in the code that require it but I don't believe that they would be triggered because it's a non-conforming development. So most thing, basically the site is, at the moment, what you see is what you get, kind of. Yeah. Uh, in terms of occupying it, they do have to show that they meet parking standards and that's where this comes into play. Um, but that varies by use. So there are, for example, some, some certain standards I think only require you know one space per 500 square feet that could legally occupy the space with two non-conforming parking spaces but most uses could not so you're saying there is no requirement for an entry sidewalk i don't believe so unless it expanded and then it would be triggered where they'd have to bring the site into mm. conformance with some percentage well, of the cost let of me ask the applicant do you have any plans to extend the sidewalk out to the other side we do yes okay we plan to extend the current structure right in front straight out to the sidewalk yeah so obviously not going into the alley where traffic would impede but going right. straight out i mean just so that people are walking on sidewalk all the way in yeah and it not that this would happen but is it a possibility for there to be a coffee shop in first floor and then a an apartment up above would they have to do anything so for an apartment to be established those are allowed provisionally there's a number of standards that would for them to legally have a multifamily use in the building the standards include a 14 foot first story um, they include a separate entrance to the outside uh, essentially they the standards pretty much preclude a, a multifamily use from occupying that upstairs space. So I don't believe that a multifamily use could occupy the space unless they received waivers to do so, which generally comes before the Board of Adjustment. Yeah, and then, okay. It could, it could be though, for example, like an office could be established on the second story. Oh, I mean, other commercial uses that are allowed without some of those other restrictions could be allowed within the space. And then they would just access it through the front door. Yeah, it would be like any other yeah. 
business in the space. Okay. Were you planning on using the second floor then as storage or? Yeah, currently we would just be using it for storage, probably with no other plans to do anything else. You might have a, your office up there. Though. Yeah, there might be some offices, or I should say desks and computers, probably like max of two, but it would probably be a mix of that, but probably 75 to 80% storage. Yeah. Any other questions for applicant or staff? Okay. Um, does the board have all the information they need to proceed? To discuss. We don't need any, we don't need to defer this or by, for any reason to another meeting to get additional information. Okay. If not, I will close the public hearing and we'll entertain a motion on this exception. Um, staff recommends approval of EXC 22-0008 to reduce the required parking requirement by 100% for property located at 518 Bowery Street, subject to the following condition. Two non-conforming parking spaces sized 8 feet by 18 feet shall be retained behind the building with access off the alley. Is there a second? I second. <clears throat> okay. Um, now we're <clears throat> open for board discussion. Um, I guess I'll go first. I think it's important. Two things are important. I think we should ask to maintain the current paved area um, as a requirement in order to have space for bicycle parking. I think Paula's point was very well taken that, um, you know, it's going to be geared toward pedestrian and bicycle traffic, so you have to have somewhere for the bikes to, to park. And I think that would, that the extra uh, cement area would, would, would do that. That's my only thoughts. Anybody else? Well, I agree. I think the bicycle parking is, it, given that that is, how people are going to get there. I think it's important to have space for that. Are you also going to require the four spaces then as a condition? I'm just throwing that out there. That could be part of it, yes. I think that's a, a good number. It shouldn't be too hard to Uh, provide that. Anybody else? Anything else? The space back there is what, 23 feet by 18 feet. So, I mean, to attempt to divide part of that off to, for something else uh, doesn't seem feasible. I, I don't know what you could do with it. Okay, you could put a dumpster back there for, for garbage. Well, according to the 
plan or the, the lot plan, that would leave five feet. And as the applicant said, uh, there would be f five feet back toward the wall, uh, which would allow for bicycle parking. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know, I think five feet would be enough. Where does your trash receptacle go? Well, according to that picture, it was right up Cur next currently to the building. It's right against the building in the alley. It's right in the, the alley, and is that? But right now, it's a acceptable. City, it's a city. Yeah, that's a lot of code. It is okay. It's right now. It's just a city, uh, like like the one I have at my house. That's the size of the, I of see. the trash receptacle that's up against the wall right now. With a business, I would assume it would need to be a little bit bigger. But we can only, we can only, uh, the recommendation we can only do is for the non-conforming parking spaces. You can amend the conditions based on the findings. So. We can, we can include in the findings that we want it to, the, the uh, current cemented area Main, be maintained in, in that in that size, 18 by 23, and then and then also uh, require that they have four bicycle parking spaces, which they can put, I guess, wherever they want to. But that would allow them the space to do it, yeah. or it would allow them the space to get a bigger dumpster and put the parking space, the bike parking, somewhere else. That's up to them. Can I ask the applicant something? Unfortunately not, the uh, public hearing is closed. I, I'm, I'm just thinking if we're maybe not overthinking this, that you know, being a business owner, he has to find a place for his customers uh, and their apparatus, apparati, um, uh, unless we're thinking about use beyond his use, in which case, wouldn't it come back to us anyway? Not necessarily. I don't know. I, it just seems like, it seems like, do we really need to legislate about the need for um, four bicycle spots as part of this condition? I don't know. I guess your your point is 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 valid that you know if he want if he wants his business to succeed he has to cater to the needs of his customers so if people are riding bikes there and don't have anywhere to put them then right they're not going to ride their bikes they're not going to ride their bikes and then consequently they're not going to come so that's another way to look at it my only thought about that is that the alley leads to the parking spaces for the apartments that are immediately behind this um, uh, coffee shop. And I, you know, I, I know he'll want to be a good neighbor, but I would be concerned that some people might take advantage of those parking spaces belonging to the residential uses 
and just encouraging him to maintain the size and to have bicycle parking for his business may or may not uh, impact spillage over into another area. Well, I think it's important to maintain the current paved area, yeah. uh, whether or not we require bicycle parking of, you know, four bicycle parking spaces. Um, so could we just say that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can say whatever rather we want. Than, uh, rather than add the, uh, the, the, the condition of, um, you know, or more further restriction about bicycle parking, could we just say that that needs to be preserved as a... Um, for parking, right. for parking or an open area, would that be acceptable? The back, the back area, the 23 by 18 back area, must be reserved for parking. Would that work? I agree. I, I agree that you know, it's not necessarily this use, but a, a potential future use that you want to watch for, and I think that, I think that protects the public. If, am I allowed to? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to make a suggestion about how a condition might be structured similarly to what is being discussed? Sure. Um, I would say if you take that approach and then you don't specify spaces, I would say primarily for parking because that would allow the opportunity for like putting your garbage can out there and you could you know say maintain at least two parking spaces so, uh, I don't know I, I'm just trying to think of how to phrase it in such a way that you maintain it for your purpose so we can just say two non-conforming parking spaces 11 and a half feet by 18 feet you could do that, but you would want it to be bicycle parking as well. So I would say maintain the paved area primarily for the purpose of parking. Parking. Yeah. And then. So we would eliminate this condition right here. I would keep that and just add a second condition. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That that part part of that yeah. paved area would be. Or two, add to it. Would be two parking yeah. spaces, right. nine by eighteen feet. Right. But then we're saying that. In addition to that, retain it for the purpose yeah. of retain the other five feet. Yeah. Is that all we? Is that, that all we? That think? sounds good, great yeah. to me. Yeah. Sounds good. Then he can do do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, then we need uh, to reflect that in the findings of fact. Correct. Well, does everybody agree with the staff's findings then? And we will just... Yes. Gene's asking if with the right. additional condition, if they need another finding. I, I don't think so. I think that those findings are all supported. Um, I think you just want to make sure that you just are amending the, the condition. I think there's enough in the findings, unless you want to call something out, some fact that you think is important. Um, to support that, but I, I think there's enough in the staff support staff report to support the maintaining the paving. Okay. 
so we're changing the conditions of the staff in the staff report. We're adding to the. We're going to add a second clause. Right. Add a second so that's clause. that's reflected in on on our notes here, on the back, right? Right. Something to the effect of uh, any additional any additional space uh, shall be um, um, reserved for. Um, shall be kept open for parking or related use. We do say the additional, the additional five foot by 18 foot, 18, five feet by 18 feet uh, paved area shall be maintained for parking purposes. Sure. Is that okay? I would say primarily for parking purposes. Yeah. Primarily for parking okay. purposes. So he's got room to Okay. All right. A paved area. Okay. All right. Um, all right. I can do that. Regarding item EXC 22-0008, I concur with the findings set forth in the staff report of December the 14th. 2022 and conclude that the general and specific standards are satisfied with one exception. I recommend the following condition. The additional five foot by 18 foot paved area will be maintained for primarily, primar primarily for the purpose of parking. Unless amended or opposed by another board member, I recommend that the board adopt the findings in the staff report with this uh, additional condition for approval of this special exception. Do we have two other agreements? We need two, two agreements. Okay, two, two, two people did agree. Okay, and then we're ready for a vote. Sorry, <laughs> I'm writing stuff down. <laughs> um, Did you get that? Let's go. Parker, Russo. Yes. Carlson. Yes. Chrysillis. Yes. Swigard. Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> I forgot my notes here. I don't have my notes. Okay, here we go. Uh, the motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after this decision is filed with the city clerk's office. Thank you. Now we're ready for EXC 22-0004, a request submitted on behalf of JAM Investments of Iowa City to extend the expiration date from six months to 12 months for EXC 22-0004, a special exception approved to expand an existing drive-through facility associated with an eating establishment in a CC2 zone at 1926 Keokuk Street. And ready for... Uh, it does not require a public hearing. Doesn't. Just a motion and a second and approval. Yeah, I make a motion to approve. I'll second it. Um, ready for a vote? 
We don't have to have any discussion? You don't have to, but you can. Oh, okay. Any discussion? No. We talked about this before. <laughs> is this the... Is this is the, this is the chicken place? Popeye, yeah, Popeye's yeah. chicken thing, yeah. Just yeah. as a yeah, reference, it's the former Pizza Hut. Yeah. The site plan was just to expand wondered, the drive-through. Yeah. Takes a long time to gather up those chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about why they weren't doing anything yet, but okay. Any any other uh, comments or points to be made? Okay, ready for the vote. Okay, Crisillas. Yes. Carlson? Yes. Russo? Yes. Swigard? Yes. All right. The motion is declared approved. Any person desiring to appeal this decision to a court of record may do so within 30 days after this decision is defiled with the city clerk's office. And now we are considering the meeting minutes of November 9th, 2022. Any comments or additions? I have several corrections. Uh-oh. I was attributed very nicely with many things that Nancy actually said <laughs> in the minutes. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you can take credit. <laughs> so um, anyway, and I've emailed them uh, <laughs> ahead of time, but... Um, I know that um, I didn't ask about the hotel. That was you, Nancy, that asked about the hotel on the other side. And Jean, uh, you might have asked about hours of operation. I know that I asked, or maybe we both asked. And I asked about the days, Saturday and Sunday. You can have credit. And Nancy, you asked about, um, for the other one, for the Elks Club. Um, you asked in about the meals and serving lunch and membership status. Those comments are yours, because I had no clue they served anything there. So okay. Also, you noted that I was pu puzzled by something. I just want you to know that I'm puzzled by everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, all inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> and the minutes accurately reflect your supportive. Good. <laughs> so, so since uh, Paula has submitted those to you, then we just need to, we can just go ahead and make a motion to accept with the minutes with there. changes. Corrections, yeah. Okay, any, um, any motion to that effect? I move to accept the minutes of November 9th, 2022, with corrections as stated. I'll second. And then all those in favor? Aye. 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 All right, pass. Um, any announcements? Yes, relatively quick. Um, of course, the big one is that your term is at an end as of this meeting. Once Done. this meeting is closed, you're out. So I figured I'd draw it on as long as possible so you're not uh, feeling left out. Uh, I did want to say Larry Baker will be coming in January as the new board member. Oh, uh, I wish I was around for that. And we'll need to figure out chair situations again. But most importantly, I wanted to provide a certificate of appreciation and I believe 
Uh, some other board members also have items. So there thank, you go. Thank you very much. It's been a lot of fun. I learned a lot of things. Thank you so much. You're and, oh, didn't expect this. Do we have the sweatshirt. No, I forgot it. <laughs> You're our resident you expert, been doing this longer than me, so uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Like I said, it's been it's been a learning experience. Um, we've had some excitement over the years. <laughs> yes, ten years. Uh, the big one was the Hancher or the uh, the Kinnick House. Kinnick House, uh, and. Larry was here for that one, and that was that was interesting. Uh, we've had some other things, though, but I've learned a lot about city government and um, the need for volunteers to keep it going. So I hope everybody that's currently on the board finishes their terms, and I'm sure everything will go smoothly. Well, we hope you don't leave the volunteer. No, I'll do something. <laughs> I think airport. Yeah. <laughs> Not televised. Maybe I can get my pilot's license. <laughs> there you go. Uh, the, the other thing I did want to remind you all of is last meeting we did say we were shifting the Board of Adjustment meeting to January 26th just due to conflicts with this room and then Nancy's surgery. So. Um, next meeting is January 26th if we get an application. If we don't, I'll shoot you an email. When How long is Larry going to serve? He has agreed for five years. Oh, he's going to do it for... <laughs> he was initially going to do it to, f to fill out a term, and then he said he's okay with the five-year term. This will be his absolute last five-year term, <laughs> which I've told him his famous last words. Everyone says it, and then you just, they always come back around. So. Well, you, I'll tell you, the, you three, you'll have a lot of fun with Larry. Okay, but that's all I have for you. So, so do we have, can we not ap appoint a chairman tonight? I don't think you would do it because you would it's do it. It's not the, on the agenda. Yeah. So we do it on, so we do it at the next January. meeting in January. And so that would be the first order of business. Yeah. Then? Okay. Will you be at that one? Huh? I hope so. <laughs> I hope you were so. going to have surgery? Yeah. A knee? No, I'm having hip replaced oh, next yeah. week. So. Yeah, good luck. I've already had one replaced. Oh, you know what to expect. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, happy holidays, everyone. Yes. Well, we would need uh, an adjournment oh. unless you want it. Motion for adjournment. No, if we don't adjourn, he'll have to be <laughs> I move I'll we adjourn. Sit here, I'll sit here till January 26th. <laughs> But Gene, thank you. There, it, yes. these things don't work without people volunteering. That's true. That's true. Thanks. Yeah. Once in a while, it does. Yes, it does. Once in a while. I hear Mark right. made a motion. I make the motion. Second. All those in favor. Aye. Uh, uh, all right. I'm done. All right. You're done.